With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Steeler. Fury. your Pittsburgh Steelers show on the SteelerFury.com network. I am your host, Brad Chadaban, a.k.a. Axel Danazan, a.k.a. Will Massasak, um, a.k.a. some guy who uh, shakes his fist at, at clouds, apparently. <laughs> they come to hell, you, you cloud, get out of my yard! Uh, and with me, uh, to rant a bit and uh, offload some anger and bad feelings. Uh, first of all, from Somewhere in Pittsburgh suburban zone 22. I know he says he's not, but he's lying. According to this screen I have in front of me, he is steel perch. He's with us. How are you, sir? I was better last week. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you were. Also with us from somewhere with possibly it might be a wild animal nearby. I'm not positive. In the background, I think I hear uh, somewhere in South Carolina where there are wild animals and dogs and things. His name is FC. He's with us. How are you, sir? My wife's not very happy about being called a wild animal. <laughs> she has a rare afternoon off. She's like, fuck him. <laughs> well, she has my respect. She's yeah. she kept you in line somehow. Yeah, long time. <laughs> well, um, typically this is where I turn to one of you guys and be like, can you explain any of this, Gargonzola? Um, I don't know. I'll I'll start. I'll make it brief. I don't like the idea of keeping your your quarterback out, even if you're not really sure what's going on. It's either like he feels good enough to play or he doesn't. I buy that maybe he had to have a pain shot kick in, so maybe like a series or two with Josh Dobbs, but I felt like once I got through halfway through the quarter, there's really no excuse for trying him out and see what happens. And um, I, I don't know that I would have taken the timeouts the way he did at the end of the game, but I know that it's with what most NFL coaches would do, what Bill Belichick would do. And I don't know about the personnel changes or anything else. I, my biggest, all that stuff, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to hear anybody's position on that and agree with it. The thing that really gets me, though, is that he trusted the team too much and they let him down. To me, that's the real, the real thing nobody wants to talk about in this is that the team – their coach believed in them, and they they totally bailed. I'll let you have the first rebuttal. Who would like to have the first rebuttal? Raise your hand. I'll, I'll do it. I'm actually in a, a storytelling mood, so I'm not even going to answer your question because I never do. So, uh, <laughs> gather, around the, gather around the fire, kids. Uh, Uncle Bird's going to tell you a story. Okay. December, back in December 1968, a young man named Patrick goes to his mailbox. He's finding out he's being drafted into the Vietnam War. Now, young Patrick has his heart set on playing football, 
but instead he goes and serves his country. You know, one day while he's walking through a, a rice paddy, Charlie jumps up and attacks young Patrick and shoots him in the leg. And uh, while young Patrick is laying on the ground there, he sees a grenade fly in. Now, Patrick's not a quitter. He's never going to give up. So he gets up and jumps out of the way while this grenade blows up. The grenade takes off part of his foot and shrapnel uh, flies into his leg. He still doesn't give up. He's eventually able to uh, continue to fight and crawl out of that field. Uh, he gets to Japan and he finds out he's 40% disabled. He's got shrapnel all up and down his leg and part of his foot is missing. Uh, this young man still has his heart set on playing football. Uh, continues to go through surgery a year later. Uh, he goes back out to play football. Uh, excruciating pain, can't run, can barely walk. Uh, coaches and teammates tell him he should probably quit. Doesn't make the team, still doesn't give up. Uh, the year later, he comes back again. Uh, the team makes him a special shoe and sends him to the team doctor and recommends more surgery. He gets uh, the scar tissue pulled out, the shrapnel pulled out. He still doesn't give up. A full another year later, he finally goes on to fulfill his dream to come back and play football, wins four Super Bowls and runs for a thousand yards. Obviously, young Patrick is Patrick Rocky Blyer, the guy who's never quit in his entire life, the guy who never gives up, until watching Mike Tomlin's fucking football team the last three weeks. That's the only thing in his life that has ever caused him to quit. Not being shot in a rice paddy, not being blown up with a grenade, not getting an infection and losing 40 pounds, not multiple surgeries or excruciating pain. Watching your 2018 Pittsburgh Steelers cause Rocky Blyer to quit. That is what every Steelers fan in the country feels right now. <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go with that, FC. What do you think? Rocky Blyer. Um, wait, I got one for you, Perch. Fighting soldiers from the sky. <laughs> All right. All right, Fearless MC. men <laughs> who jump and die. I'm going to give you this background music if you want to talk about Rocky Blyer. Um, I don't know enough about Rocky Blyer. <laughs> I didn't know his first name was Patrick. I got, I picked up the story pretty quick. I was like, who the fuck is Oh. <laughs> I thought it was going to be so Alright, gonna hunt us fucking down and kill all of us. Alright, FC. We needed a little humor levitation because <sighs> Wow, we do bad uh, man. It's bad, uh, it's ugly. It's ugly. The okay. troops, these troops have turned on each other. That's what's really happened. That was my big takeaway this week: is that Steelers fandom has turned on each other to the point where because they can't do anything about the team, and they can't do anything about the coaches or the front office or the ownership. The only thing they can do is try to hurt each other. There were fist fights in the stands, and people, uh, you know, eviscerating each other on social media. Where do we I've go avoided here? it all. I, honestly, I've avoided it all. Um, I. I read the boards. I will not partake. Um, I don't think that there's going to be any drastic changes, so we'll address that. Um, I really don't want to relive Oakland. Um, I will say this. I said I bet you they have ancient medical equipment there. Um, I was going to say if they were going to try to pass off the Toradol shot, it wasn't taken. It's an intermuscular drug that takes about eight minutes tops. And you're feeling a little bit, a whole lot better. Um, I would have preferred them to put Ben out there for a series on score, see if they can score a touchdown. If he doesn't get hit or anything, go from there. 
Um, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I believe that Ben wanted to go back into the game. Let me say that. Um, I believe that Tomlin thought that he could win with Dobbs. To your point of believing in his team and them letting him down, that's fine. I can buy into that as well. Um, offensively, you really didn't play call to win the game. If you have to protect Josh Dobbs that much, he shouldn't be the backup. You know, a um, whole lot of bad to take out of that game. A um, few decent things to take. Um, Jalen Samuels looks like he's the super back role that he played at NC State. He's going to translate to be not. I'm not going to say he's going to be the second coming of Jim Brown, but he looked like a good NFL back. Broke a ton of tackles, ran hard, played hard. Um, that was a positive to take out of that game. Um, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I can think of positive to yeah. take out of that game. Um, Ramon Foster was terrible. Don't let no one lie to you, Matt Feeler. Yeah, that experiment is, uh, at this point, I would prefer a Kofer. Um, Feeler, maybe it's the pectoral muscle. Maybe it's something else. It's just uh, he's too heavy-footed to play right tackle even, I believe. Um, maybe he can slide into left guard in the future. Um, I don't think he can play outside. Um, the tight ends blocking was laughable. Um, play calling was laughable. Hey, hey, what what has happened with the tight end blocking situation? It was a real strength last year, and it just seems like they're – I don't know what's up with that. They're asked to do too much. Um, I Our tight ends can't block a 4-3 defensive end. None of them None of them can. Um, not James, not Grimble, not McDonald. Um, they can handle outside linebackers. If you give them a proper angle, they can seal the edge against a medium to mid-range size defensive end, but they're not going to get movement. Um, I don't want to say it was effort. Um, they did not put as a unit, both offensively, defensively, and special teams. They did not, I mean, really play to the level that they needed to. The defense, I guess you would say, would be the strength. And once again, they allowed, I believe, a 60-yard-plus fourth-quarter drive to lose the game, which is, if you look at the last four or five games, I believe we've given up a fourth-quarter drive of, like, 65, 71, 60, 65 yards, basically to lose games or to have Ben one time pull them out of the shitter. So, I mean, yeah. it's – I said that it's time to start pointing thumbs. I believe that everybody in that organization from top to bottom needs to be pointing their thumb because uh, there's no one that you can really say, hey, you know, uh, they're playing super well and everybody else sucks. Yeah. Well, unless you're Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, uh, hey, uh, Perch. You, six, you drop, six drop balls over the last three weeks? No, no, I know. Six? It's true. Oh, yeah, right. it's far from far from perfect, but he's he's right. been you know our offense. So, Perch, you told me what Rocky Blyer thinks. What do you think? I mean, do you okay? I'll, I'll, let me frame it into a question that you won't answer. Do you feel any differently about it now than you did on Sunday night? No, very very little. I mean, to me, it just how many times as a Steelers fan and us guys, you know, we're fanatics. We've we've been on the damn boards for twenty years, and I haven't missed a preseason snap. Not a single preseason snap in 30 years. I've seen every snap this team has played, preseason, regular season, postseason for 30 years. When Tomlin arrogantly left Ben on the sidelines, thinking, I'll just leave him there, I'm going to win this with Dobbs. And I could, I'm sitting there watching it set up. I'm looking at the clock. Ben's going to go in, score this touchdown. 
the Raiders going to have enough time to go down and score. And I'm, I kind of started rooting for that to happen just to prove him, just to show what a fucking idiot he is. Um, but it just, it, it's gotten to the point where, where the arrogance of the team, oh, I've said how many times this, year, this is the least likable Steelers team that you can remember. The, the early 2000 teams when Ben first came on board, the character in the heart of that team, the guys like Aaron Smith and Casey Hampton and Ferrier and Fanica and Bettis and all the guys that were on that team, uh, Ryan Clark, Paul Amala, it would do anything. Guys who'd been successful in their career couldn't quite get over the hump and were going to do anything they could to win, including taking a little bit less money than, than what they could have. And compare that to what we have on this team, you know, not even talking about Le'Veon Bell, although he should be thrown in with it. The, just the character of the men is not up to what it was, uh, you know, on the last great round of Steelers teams that we have. And it, it shows up time and time again. They choke down the stretch. They play down to weaker competition. Tomlin's just arrogant. You know, the whole attrition football thing. He doesn't play to go blow on a bad team. He plays to beat the bad teams by three. He plays to beat the Patriots by three. <laughs> he never goes out to really just try and punish somebody, you know, and, and, and it's just, it's, it is what it is. But, you know, that whole thing with Ben, he could have played. Tomlin admitted, I could have stuck him in a couple series earlier. You know, I'm disappointed in Ben. I haven't heard. And, I, you know, he should be a leader and know the situation in that game. You have the two toughest teams in the league. I think that's two toughest matchups that the Steelers were facing the entire league is who they have the next two weeks, and they were clinging to a half-game lead, right? You had to beat the Raiders, one, to win the division, two, just to make the playoffs. You had to win that game. Ben, you drove down and scored a touchdown before half. How badly were you really hurt? It hurt a little bit. You weren't quite sure. You took an x-ray. Nothing really showed up. He knew he could play. They knew he could play. For him to not scream and say, hey, put me in the damn game. This is too close. I want to go end this sucker earlier. And for Tomlin to not suck him in, shows me that they don't give a shit. So why do we give a shit? You know, if, if Tomlin's not coaching for his life and coaching for you know his, his job, and Ben doesn't want that, that uh, third Super Bowl as much as most of the fans seem to want him to have it, why should we even care? And that's kind of how I think a lot of Steelers fans feel right now. Why do we care much, so much more than this team does? These guys don't give a rat's ass. They'd rather protect themselves from a boo-boo than go out and, and, and finish a damn game. So I mean, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I don't think anybody will know exactly what was, you know, transpired. Like, they'll, we'll never know exactly what transpired there, but I find it really hard to believe that Ben Roethlisberger is going to not go in the game unless somebody tells him, that you know, there's just, there's some risk of him. Well, no, Ben. Ben blamed it on Colbert. He said Col- Colbert came in and said, "Hey, why don't you guys treat this like Cincinnati? Just keep Ben out because we don't have a good answer. And if we need him to win the game, put him in that." And that's that's what you know. And it was very well rehearsed because Ben and Tomlin's radio shows synced up almost perfectly, line for line, with the bullshit they were feeding us. <laughs> to me, it's like you know what you got to realize. You can't just say, oh, that's okay. We'll go out and beat the Patriots next week because you never beat them. You can't say we're going to go win in New Orleans because that's a bad matchup and tough place to play on the road. You need to beat the, the horrible Raiders team. You have to beat them. They no, didn't I'm, do I'm, it. I'm with, you that it was a, I'm with you that it was basically a must win. I, I just feel like, you know, I, I don't, I, I'm not sure what he's supposed to do. I think he comes out – Ben comes out looking bad no matter what happens. But I, I ben do think out, put, puts his helmet on and goes up to Mike and says, Coach, I'm ready. Let's go. Ben gets in the game. Tomlin doesn't say, no, 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 boy, stick to the plan. We're going to keep you out. Ben didn't, he didn't stand up and say, I'm ready to play. He was playing it safe. You know, I, I, you know, I think 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8, Ben, when Ben had big balls and no brains, goes back in that game 100 times out of 100. 
now he's got a, a wife and a family and he's thinking about retirement, doesn't want to hurt his ribs and he's not quite sure. You know, and he could tell him just, just everything about Ben and his, his, the way he plays. A number of times this season, he's done things I've seen him never do in his career. He's got a pass rush coming to him. Instead of stepping into that throw and taking the hit, he pulls up and throws an interception or throws the ball out of bounds. He's changed. You know, he's playing like a, an old man now instead of young, crazy, motorcycle-riding uh, Ben that, that uh, we all, you know, knew and loved. So, oh, the motorcycle-riding Ben. Yeah. Hey, when, when Ben was out, chasing co-eds and, and riding crashing motorcycles, you know, he was a certain kind of player and he was very successful. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen him win a Super Bowl since, so make up a yeah. way you will. Yeah, okay, well, I mean, I'll throw it back to you in a second, FC. I, you know, I will say this. I do think that Ben's last drive in the second half, so after the sack, that he threw – the first ball he threw was good. Second ball he threw was, was a good short dump off. He didn't need to do anything. But progressively after that, the throws seemed to get worse. So I, that's all I'm, all I would say about it is that I can, I get the process that he thought maybe, maybe he thought it was going to affect his throws and he was going to be at risk of turning over the ball because it was, he was starting to be like two or three feet off of throws, which in the NFL can, can kill you. But I, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I suppose if he gets, he puts his helmet on and runs out in the field, nobody's going to rush out after him and stop him. Um, so I, I suppose he could have gone to that kind of drastic measure if he thought that was what he's supposed to do. And I guess maybe that's what he should have done in retrospect. Um, FC, um, you said you don't want to rehash, so I won't make you, re- I won't make you rehash. Um, but let me ask you this. Did you see the end of the uh, New England-Miami game? I did. How many offensive player, uh, tight ends do you think will be playing free safety on the last play of the game for the next 10 years in the NFL? Probably not going to happen again. <laughs> because that really was it. That's what it boiled down to was, sure. you know, Kronkowski realized halfway through the play, like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm the last guy. Right. Him and Kendra on Drake in space, yeah, not good. No. That was a, a actually, you know, like some of those miracle plays were involved a lot of laterals. Right. And Let me ask you this. That was, that was not one of them. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Were you thinking that Juju Smith-Schuster might score uh, before Basel missed the field goal on it the reminded, pitch? It reminded me so much of the New England game last year. Where, yeah. So in the, New England, well, in the New England game last year, he cut back to the inside right. and got stopped, and it caused the whole clock fiasco and everything else, right? And last year we were like, man, if he just runs down the sideline, either he scores or he steps out of bounds, which is better. Like, what was the, you know, it wasn't worth that 10 yards he got at the end, right? Sure. So th- this play, I was just like, if the guy cuts inside at all, he's going to run into the end zone. So, yeah, it definitely occurred to me. But, what, you know, that's, you can't second guess that guy, you know. No, clock, I'm not bad about running. Juju at all for that. I thought he was going to score. I just thought I was like, ha, 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 twice in one week. Yeah. It was a, I'll tell you this, I have rarely seen a, I, wait, I shouldn't say this. Before it happened, I said, this is a hook and ladder, plain and simple. Because it's the, it's the play that gets you towards the sideline so that even if it's, even if it doesn't go for big yardage, at least you get another crack. Right. Uh, so I was completely unsurprised to see hook and ladder, but man, they executed it perfectly for a team that barely executes anything perfectly. So there you go. Another, another positive note about this week since we're grasping at straws. I don't know. Do you agree with Perch? Do you, do you find this team to be lacking in some kind of a character? I agree with uh, the point. Um, the NFL, in a way, has 
with their rules and rules changes, changed the spirit of the game, which is kind of a little bit changed the fan base. Heinz Ward block is now illegal to blindside block, and Ryan Clark and Troy Palomar are definitely two players that 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 Perch listed. That I think are especially Ryan Clark that's overlooked. I believe he was a heartbeat of that of uh, the second Super Bowl team in a way, and he was such a great enforcer. Um, just you know, he scrambled your brains and you're done. So you want to catch the ball over the middle? That's fine. You're done. That's that's been taken away. Um, and I'm not going to blame the NFL. And he does have a fair point where we don't have a lot of guys that are naturally charismatic, that it's not a put-on. And the players that are charismatic are a little bit arrogant and not always appreciated. It's a lot easier to appreciate Heinz Ward when he's out there scrambling people than A.B. whenever he's recording Mike Tomlin on Facebook Live. Um, This team composition doesn't necessarily fit the fan base's vision in a way. And I'm not bad mouthing Perch at all over saying Perch is wrong or, or he needs to move ahead. That's the furthest thing from what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is this, is this team is as constructed. It's just not a Pittsburgh Steelers football team. It's just a, think, not Pittsburgh Steelers guys. By the way, I think you, you made a, you made an interesting point though, which is, you know, they outlawed outlawed the Heinz Ward block. They're basically, it seems like the last couple of weeks, they're now starting to litigate a lot of run holding to try to, it seems like it's, you know, put a crimp in what? the run game. They they outlawed uh, James Harrison doing what he did to quarterbacks. They outlawed Ryan Clark hits. You sure. know, receivers coming in the middle. go back to the 70 Steelers, I mean, that 75 guy, uh, mean Joe Green and Jack Lambert, you know, about to have an amphetamine heart attack, just, you know, fucking just frothing at the mouth. It's we we like to picture ourselves as one thing, but we're not this passing pass happy modern football team. It just doesn't suit the fan base. It doesn't suit the city. Even now that the city's moved on necessarily from the steel, it's just not the core and it's not the core of the fan base. You know, we're we're Pound the football, power running, kick your ass on defense, you know, and then, you know, we sneak the passing game in there. You know, Terry Bradshaw with 30 passes comes back in the day. Whoa, are you crazy? I understand the game's changed. The rules have changed. You have to modernize. I, the, the big point that was made is that I could not agree with, and I believe you both have made it in different ways, is the Steelers are perfectly happy to try to win three games 3 nothing, where they should be trying to put up three touchdowns and get Josh Dobbs more time on the field because the game's put away. Ben can sit back and relax. You want to keep Ben healthy? You want to keep Ben fresh? The less downs he has to play, you know, always helps. So, Perch, actually, FC you know, raises an issue that, you know, about the just the, you know, identity of the team or whatever. I mean, I'm willing to ask this question. I know it's 2018 and all that, and I know that Le'Veon Bell is not on this team anymore, but are we coming around to the idea that we're not very good at running the football and we don't run it enough? The last four games not really been a good development in that area. Well, I'll disagree with Jalen Samuels. I don't think the guy has any vision or any acceleration as a runner. I think he's really good as, you know, kind of a traditional third down back where he can block and catch. He's really good at out of the backfield. 
but he's, he's a guy, literally, we're a Super Bowl contending football team, at least we thought we were, with a back who's never carried the ball more than 13 times in the game since high school, is our lead runner. It's just, you know, there was holes there that he missed the last game. There was holes there that he just didn't have the acceleration or the power to break through the way that Bell or Connor would have. That guy, you can't, it's just roster mismanagement for him to be your, your main back at this point in the season. So, I mean, I, I, by the way, I, I totally, I mean, I'm a Jalen Samuels fan. I agree with you that he seems to be setting up as a sort of ideal third down back character. Um, I will say this, though. I'm a little, I don't, I'm not quick, I'm not as quick to jump to he doesn't have the acceleration or the burst because right. when you see him do it as a pass receiver. Blows up or fast as, John, as James Conner. Yeah, it just doesn't have right. that, uh, he's tentative, though, running the football. Sorry, go ahead, FC. It's, you're tentative whenever your left guard's getting put three yards in the backfield 85% of the plays. You're tentative whenever you run three offensive plays because your right tackle so goddamn pathetic that he can't move his feet one bit. I mean, I, I agree that Jalen Samuels is not great, and I agree that he falls into the third down back role. But there, i got a lot more problem with the offensive line than I actually do with Jalen Samuels. I did not see the holes there. I, did not, I didn't see winning at the line of scrimmage. I mean, this, I, if you ask me, the Steelers were the two and ten team. The way they lost, I, I think it's wrong. So, uh, so Perch, I'll, I'll go back to you. I mean, uh, you didn't, I interrupted you rudely. He's just you're um, saying roster mismanagement is really more of a factor. I, I just, you know, I, you've got a like I said, you've got a rookie who hasn't carried the ball more than twelve times, and that's your your lead back. The thing is, with the, the Raiders game, and you know, even the last three weeks. They've been extremely successful throwing the ball. It's a passing league. They're able to move up and down the field and put good points on the board. They're they're not losing because they're not running the ball. You know, no matter what any injury will tell you, you got to run the ball to win. They really don't. <laughs> not in the NFL anymore. I mean, most of Ben's you know passes now are within five or six yards of the line of scrimmage. He's getting it out quick. He's getting it out. That's kind of running game replacement stuff. You know, it's nice to be able to run that game the ball to wear down the defense and, and to salt away a lead and, and to run clock, but that really hasn't been the issue the past few weeks. I'll shift in another direction, what we need to talk about. What do you trust more to win a game? Your defense making four stops from the eight-yard line or your offense scoring a touchdown with two minutes on the clock? For Tomlin to have not, when, when they threw that long pass, there was a minute 54 seconds, I want to say, down to the eight-yard line. You had two timeouts. You take a timeout right there. The Raiders had to score a touchdown to get ahead, right? That means if you play defense, they're probably throwing four times. They're not eating any clock, and you have a timeout. So if they do happen to score, you've got over a full – the whole bullshit line about, well, we wanted to have that timeout on offense. Why, why, why have a timeout on offense if there's only 15 seconds on the clock? I'd rather have a minute and a half and no timeouts. Or better yet, once they get down the first and goal to eight, fucking let them score the first play. I've seen that happen before in, in, in championship-level games. Let them score and say, all right, take your three-point lead. I'm going to trust Ben to go down with two minutes on the clock to either score a touchdown or at least a tying field goal to put us back into overtime. But, you know, the defense has had issues. They've failed in, in, in pressure situations all year. The back end has got issues. It, you know, your best chance to win that game was to put it back in Ben's hands. But, you know, Tomlin wants to trust what we talked about at the beginning. He trusts the team too much. He trusts Josh Dobbs and the shithead defensive backs he has. Uh, and linebackers to to cover good receivers and win a game, you see the results. I think everybody who's watching the game thought the same thing. Fuck, I hope we get the ball back with two minutes. I'd rather them score the first play than give us the ball. Why are we not calling a timeout? Why are we letting Gruden chew the clock? 
So he's either going to score and win or, and we're going to lose or, you know, it, it just, it was mismanagement again. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that I think back to Belichick in the Super Bowl uh, against Seattle and, you know, he, you, you're saying he mismanaged, but Belichick mismanaged that situation. He got bailed out by the fact that his defensive back had an idea what play was coming and jumped a route and so on and so forth. And he gets credit for the good coaching on the defensive back. But, but basically if, it, if that turns out to be a, an incompletion instead of an interception, Seattle probably wins that game. Well, Hey, guess what? There's three players in the NFL that have as many or more interceptions than the entire Pittsburgh Steelers roster. We're not coming up with a miraculous interception. And if we did, our safety would knock the ball out of our cornerback. <laughs> Undoubtedly true. Uh, yeah, I felt like he was – we were all feeling the momentum and the, the head coach was playing the odds, right? So it's like you, you're, you – we're all looking at that team, seeing what they've done in the past and so on and so forth, and he's thinking to himself, you know, the odds are in my favor to have my defense make a stop here and I'm going to show them I believe in them. I, I don't know – you know, obviously it wasn't the right strategy on this occasion and it may not be the right strategy ever, but I, I, at least that's, I think where his thinking was like, I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I think it's totally fair to criticize him for mismanaging. I think it's less fair to criticize him for being stupid or being an idiot because I don't think it's, I don't think it's idiotic. I just think it's, you know, it was a choice that wasn't as informed by not calling the time. The out there, there's no excuse. I, I mean, what can happen in that situation? If you let that, okay, they let the, the clock go from two minutes down to like a minute 20. Okay, they let all that time run off the clock for no good reason. The Raiders didn't need time. There was no situation in the world that the Raiders would need time. They were going to run or throw the ball four times from the eight-yard line. The clock was completely in, inconsequential for them. The clock was huge to Pittsburgh's chances to win that game. Huge. Because if the Raiders score... And they score, you know, say they score the first or second play. Ben's got a minute and a half, which is an eternity for him to get down the field. Okay, let me let me jump in. I I agree with I agree with your argument. Like, like I see where your what your point is, right? But you there is an advantage. It may be small, and it may not be worth it compared to having the clock on offense. But there is an advantage that your quarterback and your offensive coordinator or head coach can only communicate in fifteen second bursts, uh, or your short, you know, very short amount of time rather than having a minute or two on the sidelines to talk through what they want to do or what they want to do in the next play or the next play or the next play. So I do think there is some, some kind of an advantage to not letting the offense just sit over there and talk about what they want to do. I think some of that was negated by calling a timeout before the fourth down play where you're, you're, you, know, you go right back to giving them a chance to do exactly that, have more time to talk about it. At any rate, obviously it didn't work out as planned. In terms of the result – the result was the Steelers got a 39-year field goal and didn't make it. You know what I mean? Which was extraordinarily fluky. I mean, let's face it. Let's Lucky as hell, the first the previous play, I agree. But they did, you know, it's like guy's going to come out smelling like roses if things, if somebody makes a totally routine kick. I mean, that's not the best argument for, you know, for doing it or not doing it. I just was, you know, needed to point that out. Um, well, let's put it this way. I've seen Boswell kick all gear, and I've seen Ben for many years now run the no-huddle offense in a hurry. I mean – what is it, like six games in a the row they've scored the last drive before half in the hurry-up? They're pretty well-versed in it. You know, call the damn timeout. Give Ben – at worst, you had two timeouts. At absolute worst, they could have given the ball Ben back to Ben if after the Raiders scored, say, even on fourth down. 
He could have had the ball with a minute and a half left and no timeouts. It, he, he could have got down, you know, either a t- scored a touchdown or got him in, into field goal range at that point. The fluke play with the, the hook and sugar, you can't count on that. You know? No, it, sure. It just, it, it's, you know, it was one in a million and it almost worked, but it didn't. Although they could have had that play, a timeout, and, you know, with that play, thrown it down the middle of the field for another 10 yards. And, you know, like they, it's, it's, it's not out of the question that they had enough time to get into field goal range. I, I, I certainly felt like, you know, when the kickoff happened, that they had enough time for at least two plays or two plays and a t- heave into the end zone or something. So it didn't, it didn't seem like impossible, but that's a really splitting hairs. It's not worth, you know, to me going down that road any further. FC, in case, since I can't think of what the other point I was going to make was, um, why don't we talk about this week's matchup against the Willingham for a second before we run out of time on the podcast. Um, the Patriots, are, you know, aren't exactly playing their best football in their, uh, during their championship run and they're definitely not playing the best football during their championship run when they're on the road. Oh, they're a horrible road team this year. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, will they because they're playing the Steelers, will they shake up all the... It's like the opposite of the Steelers playing the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders seem to bring out the worst in the Steelers. Playing the Steelers for the Patriots seems to bring out the best in them. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter what New England does. I really, I really truly believe that. It doesn't matter what New England does. It matters what we do. New England, if we do... If the Steelers play semi-error free, if they play to win the game, and I know that sounds rest in peace, Dennis Green, or excuse me, that's how my words. You know, um, it doesn't matter. Now, if the Steelers come out and give Brady easy reads, hey, why don't we get a fucking cover two? Why don't we get a cover three with the garbage defensive fucking backs that we have? Uh, if the Steelers come out, and play aggressive. Man up. If you want to play too deep shell, that's fine. I don't think New England can stop us from scoring touchdowns, even without James Conner. Even with fucking Ridley and and Samuels is our running backs. Well, Rid- Ridley has terrible. an axe. Ridley has an axe to grind this week. You know, let's not yeah. Forget. I mean, they, they they can't cover our wide receivers. No team in the NFL can cover our wide receivers. If Ben hits balls, if he makes throws, if the offensive line opens minuscules, move their feet, wins the matchup from line of scrimmage, I believe that the Steelers can score touchdowns. I believe they can maybe get a stop or two. But I don't trust the coaching. I don't believe the players trust the coaching. And I think <laughs> that, that Tomlin's been tuned out. I believe his time – I. I that's my big thing is in the Oakland game, he looked like a deer caught in the headlights. I've never seen that from him before. He also looked like a deer caught in the headlights at his press conference. I don't think he ever expected that maybe half the fan base, maybe a little bit more. Once his ass fired, I, I, I think he's shocked by that. He, if, if he, if he's shocked by that, he really needs to learn his city because there's people calling for Mike fucking Sullivan's head, and he won two championships in this city not two years ago. Back-to-back yeah, right. championships, you know? So he, he needs to realize that he he's not, you know, coaching the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He needs to realize Tony fucking Dungy, little cute, little night south, he ain't a part of this organization. Right, Kevin but here's, Colbert, here's, well, before Kevin we get Colbert into- needs to realize... If it gets, it's going to get down to the bottom line. And when Pittsburgh fans stop showing up, 
whenever they stop buying shit and they, they threaten to do so over the Ben thing, they wouldn't do it over that. If you put out a team where they think they're being cheated, they will say, fuck you. They are, we are the most brutal, vile, persnickerty fan base <laughs> in the sure. world. Well, here's what I was going to say about that is, you know, the Pittsburgh fans, what the people must realize who are in positions of power or players is the cognitive distance, dissonance. Basically, they get mad at Sullivan or Mike Tomlin because they have this impression that they have this talent that should be contending for championships. You know, read what that really means is you have you have Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. You have superstars. Right. You should win a championship. But then they'll say, you know, they don't they didn't do a good enough job getting together personnel and they don't have the personnel. You know, that's what the problem is. And they're willing to view both of those equally. They sort of like blame them for not having enough talent and then blame them because they have too much talent and they don't win championships. Sure. You, uh, Mike Tomlin's only won one Super Bowl with a franchise quarterback. That's what I'm you saying. Know, I understand. Yeah, I, and I understand the, the that thing. Here's the thing. He had a whole lot more in the franchise quarterback a few years. Sure. You know? I'm speaking from the people of Pittsburgh. I'm sure Perch, he's mentioned the Yenzers with run the ball and and, and whatnot. He can tell you far better than me, but I can just feel the caustic, you know, waves. You said through social media. I have, I talked to relatives up there and oh my God, there's people that are this diehard, this supportive that have completely, they make me look like kind and gentle and friendly. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's a, it's just that's just going to be worse. The world is more polarized than ever on everything, and and this is just another listen to that. But best argument, you just you influenced me. The best argument I I've heard you you intimated this kind of idea earlier when you were talking about this change of the style of the game. The best argument for replacing Mike Tomlin is that the landscape of the NFL is totally different than the landscape was when Mike Tomlin was successful. So you have to you have to have a different kind of more aggression on defense, and you have to have a different kind of offensive plan. You know, uh, less conservative and maybe just ultra aggressive on offense, ultra aggressive, even more yeah. aggressive than on defense. Purge, but that's the second point I remembered. That was the second point I was going to make about that end of the game situations that the Steelers defense keeps giving up. Is that to me they're playing so passively in those situations, like they rushed four or even three, maybe on the last uh, play. Uh, of the Oakland game, it's kind of like if you if you want to, if you want to force teams to beat you with a touchdown at the end of the game, don't you play more aggressively? If you think you have a good quarterback who can come back and you don't want to waste, I mean, want to have time left over, well then, you know, first or second play of that drive, play with nine guys up on the line of scrimmage Hunt and block. dare them dare them to throw over the top on you because worst case they score fast. There, like, there are. There are exactly two good defenses in the NFL today, right? The Ravens and the Bears. And I watched both of their games, I think the last two or three weeks in a row. And you're exactly right. What do they do in that situation? They bring the fucking house and play cover man across and say, if you're going to beat us, you're going to beat us within one and a half seconds. You're going to see your guy throw it and hope that, that you can make your guy make, you make a perfect throw and that guy makes a perfect catch because if he holds the ball for two seconds, we're sacking him, Right. We're not going to let your quarterback go back, scramble around, find the mismatch, find the guy who sneaks open, make a an easy pass, and score the touchdown. And that's you know that's just what it is. And you're right though; the Steelers have always hired young coaches, and those young coaches who are maybe up on the wave of the next thing that's coming up in the league. Tomlin's been around a long time now. The league has changed dramatically. Really, in the past four or five years, 
Yep. The college influence has come in and it's been successful. And, you know, the, the players that are coming up through aren't playing the old, you know, NFL style anymore. It's, it's the spread offenses and, and all the things that are successful in college are starting to be shown they're successful in the NFL. So, I mean, if you, the two best arguments to get rid of Mike Tomlin, one is that he's, you know, not one of the new wave guys that isn't up on, on, on the latest. And two is what's going to happen to him this week, where he's going to be completely out-schemed and out-coached by a far superior coach that we could see it coming 10 miles away, that we've seen it happen time and time again. Hey, he could beat the hell out of him. He could beat Marvin Lewis's pants off year in, year out, because he's got that one. You know, he's got that one uh, superior coaching there. So when he, you know, even Harbaugh has got the better of him more times than he should have from, from the talent that was on the two teams. But the Steelers are a way more talented roster up and down top to bottom one through 53 than the Patriots. They're never as consistent. They're never as good. The Patriots are buttoned up and, and they, you know, they're on the screws and, and, and they do things the right way. Of course, you know, every once in a while they'll have a game like last week or you know, three or four weeks ago, they lost a game that happens. But you know, every year they're winning 11 they're going to finish probably with, you know, another 12 win season this year. So we'll, we'll watch Sunday and, and hope that he proves me wrong, but, you know, the game's going to come down to a couple coaching decisions and who are you taking, Belichick or Tomlin? Yeah, all yours, FC. <laughs> all right, here's the thing. I I, I, I agree. <laughs> but, okay, the go-to, these fucking guys, we're going to change it to this fucking team, every time over the last four or five years, I've been ready to pull the plug on them outside the playoffs. They jump up and do something shocking. I agree. If I was gambling on this game, I would bet the Patriots. I, I understand that sounds horrible. I'm not gambling on this game, and I might be a homer, not a homo, but I have a feeling that Ben might come out and, you know, throw up a masterpiece. Um, I just really hope that Perch is wrong, and it doesn't come down to a couple game decisions, personnel decisions, op, you know, just calls, because I don't trust Fickner. I don't trust, you know, Tomlin, and I definitely don't trust Keith Butler. You know, so there's a lot to everything in the world is telling you that this is done. We're going to lose this week. Baltimore is going to beat Tampa. We're going to be a half game behind. You know, then we're going to play New Orleans, going to lose again. Chances are the Ravens are going to lose to the Chargers. We're going to beat the Bengals. I don't know who the fucking Ravens finish with. It may be the Browns. They, yep, they and, do finish with the Browns. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say the Browns are, will cover the spread in that game, if not outright win. Browns if the Browns, sweep, if the Browns sweep the Ravens this year, and, and, and that's how the Steelers make it into the playoffs, it's a shame, you know. But yep, I agree. I'll take the four. Um, I'm not going to be shocked if the Steelers somehow, some way, win this week. All I right. Well, some, go ahead. No, no, you first. I've seen the time, and I know that we're a little bit up against it, so I just wanted to shut my fucking big mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a chance in a second. We'll talk about this, cool. we'll talk about this matchup. Um, just quickly, uh, go to our Around the League pick segment for a second. Brought to you by Mike Pereira and all the rest of those fucking corrupt ex-referees that will lie and cheat and steal for the company. <laughs> Either, you know, when you become a football official in the NFL, you're a made man. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> never talk against the family. That's it, man. Uh, quickly, uh, we'll give you one uh, one one pick per game. Uh, FC Kansas City and the Chargers. Who do you like Thursday night? Um, I will take Kansas City. The Chargers are just beat the fucking death with injuries. Nice uh, perch. How about? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, uh, last cast for Green Bay at Chicago, five and a half points. Uh, dog. Um, I'm going to take the Bears to win the game. Packers will cover. I think they'll keep it close. Uh, I'll, I'll call it uh, 26-23. Bears win. By the way, apparently if Green Bay wins, um, the, uh, the they have a – two-thirds chance of making the playoffs. But, like, they're so the, – the bottom – the sixth seed in the NFC is probably going to be a team with an uh, even or losing record. So, anyway, there's a, there's, you're saying there's a chance. Um, one last one. This one sort of affects the Steelers a bit more. New Orleans at Carolina. Uh, New Orleans is a touchdown favorite, basically. Uh, I'll, I'll pick this. I, I – I, you know, New Orleans looking ahead, you know, they, they keep thinking the Rams, you know, are not going to falter anymore and there's some pressure on New Orleans to win. I think this is a winnable game for New Orleans, but probably a great matchup. I will take Carolina to cover but not win uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Um, that does it for our abbreviated around the league pick segment. Um, I don't know. FC, before we, before we move on, uh, Who's going to win the NFC West? Kansas City or San Diego? Or got me, Los Angeles. Um, I think that the the Rams are going to win the NFC West, but I will quickly say I have never seen an NFL quarterback as scared as Jared Goff was of hits from the Chicago Bears last week because he was doing fetal far quicker than Neil O'Donnell or Derek Carr ever dreamed of. Uh, And I don't blame him. I'd be totally – Don't blame him. I'd be remiss uh, if if – I didn't mention the uh, performance put on on Monday Night Football uh, by uh, Minnesota's quarterback. Uh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> did you see, Perch, did you see Kirk Cousins did something I've never seen in an NFL game? He threw a pass from the pocket exactly away from the line of scrimmage, like perpendicular to the line of scrimmage backwards. Like a real pass. He's a tough one to figure out because he's really efficient and really good in a lot of games. And he has a couple games every year where he'll just lay an egg and can't get 100 yards and everything he does is just awful. Um, And his teams never win quite as much as what his stats tell you that he probably should. So uh, he's just a tough guy to figure. I I know an 85-year-old guy that wants some fucking debt. I mean, literally dead. Like he put a fucking hit out on that. (laughs) (laughs) For real, down here, literally dead. He played well, a daily fantasy sports book. Let me quickly. I'll be very quick with it. Oh, that's quite and right. The only, person, the only person he had left was like Kirk Cousins. And if Kirk Cousins scored like 12 or more points in daily fantasy football, this guy would have won like 100 bucks. And he was stoked about it. And like I seen him literally at a store, you know, and uh, he's like, oh, I'm in the next, like I seen him two days ago. He literally, like he hated him like worse than I've ever heard anybody hate anyone. In my life. <laughs> well, the, uh, he's 32, 30, 32, 36, and 2. To me, he's Marcus Mariota. Those two guys are very, very similar. The guys that are very efficient and can complete a lot of passes and don't make a lot of mistakes and don't really win anything. I mean, that, that to me is, you know, they're not, they're, they're, they, they achieve it in different ways, but 
they have that same kind of, you know, uh, patina around them. Anyway, let's move on to talk about our five-star matchup this week. Man, the Steelers hadn't lost three games in a row. We'd be so excited about this matchup. Even if you're dreading that you think it's going to be the same old, same old, or you think this is the year or whatever, it's really a lot of the lusters dropped off this game, which is a damn shame because, uh, you know, it's, it's still the, it's still the pig, Steelers' biggest rival right now. Um, I know what you're going to say, Perch. I'll start with you. Uh, Steelers and a laugher. That's, that's what I'm going to say, right? <laughs> no, I mean, I've seen it too many times. You, you know, fool me once, fool me ten times. You can't keep fooling me that many times. I just, I've seen it play out. Last year was the prime example. We outplayed New England. We had a better roster. And it came down to freaking something stupid. How many, how many stupid endings have we seen? Going back to the Jesse James thing last year, to blowing a 14-point mm-hmm. lead against Tavares Jackson and the Browns this year, to mm-hmm. having a team miss a field goal three times and still beat us at the end of, end of mm-hmm. a game, to, to the mess we just witnessed in Oakland last week. Uh, it just – I already know. I already know what's going to happen. It's going to be a close competitive game. The Steelers are going to play pretty well. Belichick's going to do a couple of wrinkles on defense, I think, that will give Ben some confusing looks. Maybe he throws a pick or maybe he has a couple of bad drives where they don't move the ball much. It's going to come down to the end of the game, and who do you trust? Brady and Belichick to make the right adjustments and win the game. It'll be close. I, I'm, I'm going 31-27 uh, Patriots, which effectively will uh, not quite end the Steelers' season because I think their magic number is three. They have to either uh, – you know, combination of their wins and, and Ravens' losses. So it's gonna, it'll put basically the Super Bowl in New Orleans next week for the Steelers' season. But uh, the, the nail's halfway driven in. Uh, FC, how do you feel about it? Got two options. One's perch. Completely agree. Second is this team's backs against the wall, and uh, they do just enough to win. Um. I have no idea about this team. Anyone that says they do is just a liar. <laughs> you know, because it's – I don't believe that New England is the more talented team, even without – let's say Connor doesn't play. I still think that overall talent level, the Steelers are slightly ahead of the Patriots. Um, coaching, yeah, I, uh, I don't trust Holland. Um, I don't trust Colbert. I would like a complete just washing of the organization, but it's not going to happen. You know, the big flood, the big fire to cleanse it, it's not going to happen. So I'm always led by my heart, very rarely by my head, and I smoke a ton of pot, so I have short-term memory issues. I'm going to take the Steelers to win 31-28. Does that sound familiar, Perch? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. Um, I, I just gave your score the other way. <laughs> I just want to say there's there's two things that make me feel uh, even better about this game than I felt going in. I said last week I think that this, that this is the lock of the season, the Steelers over the Patriots. And I don't know why. I just – I mean, I can just tell you I, I – I think it's just like them. It just suits, you know, just as you can see them struggling when they go to Oakland. I just have a feeling that this is like they're all their eggs are in this freaking basket. Um, I have some concerns, which I'll get to in a second, but the two things that really sealed it for me, the Steelers are bringing in kicker Sean Sweezum to work with current kicker, Chris Boswell. That happened today. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, that's going to correct everything immediately. And secondly, um, Andrew Filipponi uh, is going to pick the Patriots to win. And he's wrong. His tweets have been, I've been, I don't know if you guys have been following FC. I know you don't really follow so much on Twitter, but, but Filipponi is like everything that he's tweeted over the last year has been, or a couple of years, has been so dramatically wrong that he's become sort of a George Costanza. So have you heard he, the nickname for him? They're calling no, him Beaches? Pitt Bayless is what everybody's calling him now. Pittsburgh Pitt Bayless. <laughs> and I'll add one other thing. The single most annoying human being in Pittsburgh sports media by a long shot. That guy's so fucking annoying. Yeah, he's, he's certainly up there for sure. Um, the only thing I couldn't decide about this game is uh, if it's a if it's a high scoring game that the Steelers win or an unusually low scoring game that the Steelers win, um, I'm a little bit concerned about Ben's health, meaning that uh, you know they'll, they'll try to play a little bit more close to the vest, not not necessarily running a whole lot more, but in terms of what Ben is asked to do, right, giving him some easy easy stuff where he's not doesn't have a big chance to get hit because I do think getting hit when you have a rib injury, no matter what it is, something you would like to try to avoid possible um but i I, i've been going back and back and forth on it i i think it's more likely that the steelers offense will score points against new england than it is that the steelers defense will hold new england down even if they play a great game they'll still give up some late points so i'll make it 34 33 steelers i i would i I had 24 23 in my head so if that turns out to be the the uh unbelievable score of nowhere of this game you'll know where you heard it second um but um i don't know i just feel like uh, i have no idea what they'll do the remainder of the season won't wouldn't wouldn't shock me if they went into new orleans and ben uh i'll play breeze there for a chance to win it wouldn't shock me if cincinnati tried to put every one of our players on a stretcher since that's all they have left to root for um and have no idea what the Ravens are going to do. They could win out. They could lose out. Uh, I'll take it one week at a time. I'll take the Steelers by at least one over New England this week. FC, I will give you your final thought first. Um, I'll be very quick with it because I see we're up against it. Um, this game right here is going to be how you judge this team for the season. I'm, I mean, that seems a little bit obvious. But they're either going to come together, us against the world, and they may roll. They may not lose another game this year. Everyone hopes for that. It's probably not going to happen. I just want them to come out and compete and play hard. Tomlin, it's your responsibility to play in possessions to win, mitigate the stupid fucking shit, and just be aggressive. If you're going to lose, go out on your shield. Don't be a bunch of fucking pussies, especially on defense, death by a thousand cuts. That's it. That's all I got. Birch, how about you? Well, I started with a story. I guess I'll end with a story. (laughs) It's getting late in the year. It's closer to holiday time, a magical time of year. The Steelers fans and kids everywhere are starting to wait for the uh, return of the fat man. The fat man that we haven't seen since about this time last year. The magical fat man that's going to return and make everything all right. I, I hate to be the one to, to tell you this, the bearer of bad news, but uh, kids, Marcus Gilbert really does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Deserved. There's I thought also, you were going to say we signed Jerome Bettis. <laughs> there's, there's also no way Marcus Gilbert is making down making it down your chimney. 
So, <laughs> I mean, can you guys actually prove he exists? Because I don't believe it does. I think it's just a, a name on a roster. <laughs> Could be. This might be the week, though. There's always a possibility, I guess, you know. Um, the, the impossible uh, occasionally happens. Uh, my final thought is uh, if, they, if the Steelers win this game by a point, I don't want to hear any bitching about how they should have won by two touchdowns. And if they don't win this game, we are going to have a festivist miracle next week <laughs> because we are going <laughs> we to air some grievances, and I'm expecting you guys to be prepared for some feats of strength. <laughs> yeah that's my final thought FC Perch thank you for squeezing me in sorry for being late today and uh, you guys have an amazing week and enjoy uh, Steelers victory by one point talk to you after that next week go get them Steelers go Steelers Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.